0: Hi, this Blue the Incredible Hope. You are listening to the can Air podcast and you better keep listening because you won't like me when I get angry.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Canned Air, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley and I'm bringing you our audio coverage of the 2017 Columbus Wizard World Comic Con. We had a hell of a good time attending and covering this event. We always have fun at the conventions we go to, but this time, especially for some reason, just was... A hell of a lot of fun, and we're uh, really excited to show you the coverage we got. We also got a lot of video coverage of the event that uh, Jack is currently editing and is going to have uploaded here within the next day or two, so be sure to be checking our uh, YouTube page out uh, for that as well. But again, this convention was just a hell of a lot of fun for us. Uh, we got to see a, a lot of amazing cosplayers. If you go on our uh, Twitter at CandarPod or Instagram at canned Air, you can see a lot of the cosplay that we saw Or uh, I'm sure you'll be able to see some of it also in the uh, video footage we got that Jack is currently editing. But we also got to meet up with a familiar face we've had on the show before. And we got to meet up with our buddies from Cleveland, the Game Fix podcast, and uh, record a special episode with them. That's going to be airing on their network, I believe, next week at GameFix.ning.com. So be sure to check that out. I'm going to be posting the audio to that show next time uh, we have to take a week off. So uh, be looking forward to that. It was a great show and we had a great time making it. We went around the table all discussing what characters from across pop culture might be worthy enough to hold Thor's hammer. But yeah, again, just a lot of fun and I think you'll enjoy it. So be looking forward to that the next time we take a week off. But without any further ado, let's just get right to our con coverage. We first take a stroll down Artist Alley and check out some of the amazing talent it has to offer. Then I get a chance to uh, chat with Lou Ferrigno, the Incredible Hulk, and Thomas Ian Nicholas, who uh, you probably know as Kevin from the American Pie movies, or... uh, Henry from the Rookie of the Year back in the 90s. Both of them were extremely nice, and I'd like to thank them both for taking time out of their schedule to talk with me for a few minutes. Then at the very end of the podcast, I'm going to have the audio from the David Tennant panel, who you probably know best as uh, Doctor Who, and the uh, voice of the upcoming Uncle Scrooge in DuckTales. Some of it's kind of hard to hear. Uh, between his accent, between the size of the room and the echo we were getting, and the amount of people... Most of the audio you can kind of make out, some of it you can't. So I'm just leaving that at the end. If you want to try to listen through it, cool. If not, I get it. Uh, If you go to our YouTube page, though, Jack has the video footage of that up, and it's probably a lot easier to uh, understand. So uh, be sure to check that out as well. So let's just kick it off with our trip down Artist Alley. One thing I've been noticing at these conventions uh, within the past few years is that at each show, the ground layout totally... Changes and I think what they're trying to do is just uh, find the best uh, arrangement of booths and exhibits that uh, best controls the flow of people because there are always so many people and I think they may may have uh, nailed it this year because one thing I hate to see is uh, the artist alley. Get overlooked. And buddy, this year it was teeming full of people. You uh, kind of had to push your way through it. So that was really awesome to see a lot of fantastic artists getting the exposure they deserve. And uh, we're going to touch base with a couple of them right now. First, with Ryan Rufati. Pardon me, Ryan, if I butchered your last name, but I'm pretty sure that's how it's pronounced. And his comic called Teleport. Uh, you can check him out at jalapino, H A L L O P I N com, and on Twitter. That's Jalapeno. But our very own Jake Runyon was uh, on the scene and got to talk with Ryan about Teleport a little bit. So I'm going to cut over that interview right now.
2: Hey, everybody. I'm here with Ryan talking about his comic, Teleport. Good to be with you here, Ryan. Oh, thank you. Thank you. What can you let our uh, listeners at home know about Teleport? It just really caught my eye. Not the green table, mind you, but the art style, the
3: concept. Give us a little uh, quick rundown. Oh, sure. It's about Jessica Soto, and she's working on building a teleporter and kind of following along as she goes through different like trials and tribulations, different experimentation, different successes and setbacks uh, on her journey to kind of bring new tech the world and attempt to help people
2: fantastic now it's got this really clean sharp comic style which I always love I think that's going to resonate really well with the audience what were some of your inspirations who are you working with on this comic
3: oh actually uh, so the artwork is actually done by Moomi Swan uh fantastic artist. Uh, I met uh, actually through Twitter. We've been working together on this. So I wrote the story and uh, really just also just kind of gravitated towards her artwork. as kind of something that, you know, I, I like as well. Like I has like the clean lines and she's been fantastic to work with. And right now we're working on the second issue. While I'm out promoting this one.
2: Well, the presentation's great. So I can't wait to have a look through it. What can you tell us about what brought you to this story? What were some of your influences?
3: Um... It, it might be those, like, those nights you're kind of hanging around with, like, friends and you're talking about, like, I don't know, maybe it's the way my friends are. Like, we're actually talking about, like, alright, well, how would a teleporter work? Like, wouldn't that be cool, guys? Wouldn't that be great? And I was trying to, like, see if there's a way of marrying, like, something that was that, like, experimental and science with an actual story. And so, trying to get, like, emotion is something that's kind of a technological thought experiment, but still has have emotional stakes and you feel involved and committed to the story.
2: That's an excellent hook because I think every nerd worth his soul has had a long argument about some abstract technology with his friends. Uh, What are your plans for the series?
3: Um, I really just kind of want to kind of see where the story goes. So uh, we're right now going to at least work through issue four, and kind of see if we can get you no know, an audience, get a fan base, and keep going. Uh, I'm really kind of excited to see not just that she develops the technology, but kind of how it changes the world. You can't introduce something this to the world and just have it go normal. So. Uh, I, I'm kind of very excited how the story goes and people seem really excited uh, keep coming back to me asking for when's the next issue and when's is the next issue uh, so I, I'm really excited about it and people are excited about it so I, I think it's, it's pretty good yeah, I'd say that's a
2: pretty sure sign of success if you already have interest I can't wait to see where you take the story uh, where can people find this
3: sure uh, you can look up look me up at jalapeno.com H A L L sorry H-A-L-L-O P-I-N-O dot com uh, and we have links And a, pre- like a preview for the comic And also a link of where you can buy it online great. Any Twitter presence, Instagram, um, anything like that? And then as far as Twitter, Facebook, Instagram Everything is at Hulopi- At Jalapeno So H-A-L-L-O-P-I-N-O
2: Awesome, well that sounds great man I can't wait to check it out, share it with the listeners at home And I want to thank you so much for your time No problem,
3: thank you, appreciate it
2: Take care and keep it up
3: we Will do
1: All right, everyone, and again, that was Ryan Rufati of the comic Teleport, and again, you can find him at jalapeno.com, that's H-A-L-L-O-P-I-N-O, and on Twitter, at jalapino. All right, and for our next stop in Artist Alley, we get to catch up with Brian Lau, who we've had on the show before to discuss his comic, Staunch Ambition. Uh, we had him on episode 187, where we uh, not only talked about his comic, but we talked about Kevin Smith and the uh, View Askew uh, library of all the uh, entertainment it has to offer. It was a hell of a lot of fun having him on the show, and it was even better to meet him in person and uh, check out some more of his amazing artwork. Got an amazing preview issue, and even a uh, signed print of Staunch Ambition that uh, got hanging here in the studio right now, and I'm probably going to be talking about that comic the next time we do a regular episode. Be sure to check out his website, staunchambition.com, and be sure to find him on Twitter, at StaunchAmbition. But I'm going to turn over to the interview that Jake did with Brian, and uh, let Brian tell you again about Staunch Ambition for himself.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, friends of the show, Staunch Ambition here at Wizard World Columbus. How are you doing today? Hey, sir, I'm doing great, man. It's nice to meet you guys in the flesh, and a uh, big fan of your show. So
4: I'm honored to be on again.
2: Well, hey, the feelings mutual. We obviously we love the comic. It's great to finally meet. Um, art style is striking. Stories excellent. I especially love the image of this red cyber humanoid looking down at the earth. Great stuff. Tell us a little bit about your plans for the future for Staunch Ambition.
4: Uh, well, I'm working on issue three right now, and the issue three is getting a little bit into the back uh, story of the character. So that's exciting, you know, to delve into the uh, the depth of the characters. But uh, yeah, the future, it's kind of like depends on how things go. Because I have a, the ultimate like ending and story, but depending on how things go, it depends on if I'm going to do a sub-ending or whatnot. So I could write this book probably for the next 20 years,
2: because um, I have so many ideas. So. Well, that's the great thing about a science fiction setting. It gets to imply so much around it, you can keep working with it. What you have already is fantastic, but just in case case our viewers at home listen to this uh, episode where we spoke about it too long ago. You mind giving us a quick recap of what Staunch Ambitions all about?
4: Yeah, sir. Uh, so this is the deal. It's supposed to be a sci-fi supernatural that could possibly happen in our actual future, not a galaxy far, far away. And the concept is, what if, uh, one of my taglines is, welcome to the new enlightenment. So what if, through advanced technology, the human race enters the supernatural realm? What would the implications of that? So that's the overall, uh, overall epic story of it. And then, of course, it's got all the character-driven uh, parts with uh, Riel as a female lead on one of the space stations, which is another component of the story—the space station. And Riel is like one of the lead supervisors on the space station. Azarus is a, a clone uh, uh, created and made to work, mixed between human and animal DNA. So it kind of delves into some of the implications of technology as it advances. Like, maybe we don't sleep in the future like we do now, and they hook up to like, regeneration machines, and you still have to sleep, where you're supposed to, but people abuse these machines. and kind of use them to get high or to uh, just kind of get, like, you know, not even sleep at all and just kind of messes with you mentally. So it's like those are just
2: some background concepts. Well, as a, as a fan of speculative science fiction, i got to say I love that you're taking these technological ideas and really applying them to the world instead of just saying, oh, here's this, oh, here's that. How does it affect culture? So it sounds phenomenal. Um, just for the listeners at home, once more, where can we reach you? Where are the updates? coming from?
4: Well, I'm uh, online with uh, Staunch Ambition. Uh, I don't know if I need to spell it or I'm sure you have links, oh, yeah, but well, have th- some people are like, what? I'm not familiar with that, but... You uh, Yeah, I can't spell, so I'm surprised that I actually came up with that title. But the thing is, uh, Staunch Ambition, everything. StaunchAmbition.com, Facebook is Staunch Ambition, Instagram, Twitter, there's links on all of them
2: usually, so... Perfect. Shouldn't be too hard to remember. Yep. Well, hey, I want to thank you for your time. It's been great finally meeting up with you. I think we'll see you around. Yeah. Good. You too. Yep.
1: All right, everyone. And once again, that was Brian Lau of Staunch Ambition. Be sure to go to staunchambition.com and uh, follow him on Twitter at Staunch Ambition. That's S-T-A-U-N-C-H-A-M-B-I-T-I-O-N. Now, there was another gentleman there at the booth with Brian by the name of John Orlando, who does the PVD cast which is a uh, podcast where he talks about, like, comics, movies, and wrestling, and hockey, all kinds of stuff. And it's a a really good show. I just started listening to it, and you guys should check it out as well. But if you head over to pvdcast.com, you can check out uh, episode 126 of his catalog, where he covers the uh, Wizard World convention as well. But both John and Brian are just fantastic guys and uh, we had hoped to get a chance to hang out with them this weekend but our busy schedules uh, simply just would not allow it so my apologies go out to those guys but hey it's not too late for us to hang out so hit us up let's make it happen all right everyone and now for our first interview with our first celebrity guest bodybuilder and voice and screen actor lou ferrigno who you know best as the incredible hulk We've seen Lou at a lot of these conventions, but this was the first time we ever got to stop and talk with him, and it was uh, it was just an honor to actually meet the Incredible Hulk. So, uh, yeah, here's my interview with Lou Ferrigno. I'm here at Wizard World Columbus 2017 with Lou Ferrigno, the Incredible Hulk. Thanks so much for taking some time to talk with me, Lou. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, we've seen you at these conventions several times, but this is the first time we've actually got to talk with you, so, again, very exciting. But um, in all the conventions you've done, is there anything about the WizardCon that stands out?
0: Well, it's very personal, because they know how to touch the fans more, because we have q and Navy, we have the professional photo up, and it's like family here, and they, uh, they cater more to the celebrities.
1: Now, you're obviously best known for portraying The Incredible Hulk not only in the TV series but uh, cameoing in the movies that have come out since and lending your voice to not only the cartoons but to the Avengers movie and upcoming Thor Ragnarok. What's it been like to breathe life into this character for so many years?
0: Well, because I know how the Hulk thinks and feels because uh, it's been around for 40 years so that's why I'm glad to be connected with the Hulk voice-wise With the CGI even though cartoon it is but add the voice to make it more realistic but nothing equates to the TV series. That's right, that's right. What it? You think of the uh, Hulk's evolution over the years, what he's become today? Well, it's, it's the biggest iconic uh, Marvel character, and the, the biggest franchise in the world because every nationality embraces it, and it's bigger than ever. And I think it's great because it grows. Because you have Red Hulk, you have comic book, now you have the comic convention, and more people learn about the Hulk. Now, you've also been in
1: shows like King of Queens and the movie Uh, I Love You, Man, portraying yourself. I'm just kind of curious when you do that, are you just grabbing the script and acting as natural as you possibly can? Or is what we're seeing on screen, is that more of like a caricature of yourself?
0: Well, Myself because of the feature film, completely different. Because you know, what you do a sitcom, it's that instant gratification. Like I love him, and I was post because they wrote the script for me and mine. Because you know, playing myself, it happened every day. They say, why not incorporate that into the film? Sure. So that's how it came about.
1: It really shows how diverse an actor you really are. So that was awesome. Um, one last question for you: to anybody who's aspiring to be an actor, a voice actor, a bodybuilder, what advice would you give them?
0: They have to be experienced. They have to learn the craft, and then. Put together a package to have an agent to represent them. It, it can't be a, uh, a voiced actor or be a good actor overnight. Take time and also it comes down to how much you love the, the character, you love the acting, and also you enjoy doing the voice. Gotta be your passion. Lou,
1: it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you. Thank, Thank you, you so much.
0: All right, everyone. And
1: once again, that was Lou Ferrigno. And uh, one thing you may have heard me mention in the interview that I don't think a lot of people know because I didn't know until I did a little bit of research for this interview was that Lou Ferrigno actually does provide some of the voice for the Hulk in the Avengers movies and in upcoming Thor Ragnarok. He's uncredited, but uh, yeah, they somehow work his voice in there. So I thought that was pretty cool. But yeah, if you want to find out more about him, go to louferigno.com. All right, and for my next interview, I got to talk with Thomas Ian Nicholas, who you might know best as uh, Henry Rowan Gardner from the movie Rookie of the Year, or as Kevin from the American Pie movies. I grew up watching all those movies, and uh, it was just awesome to get to talk with him. So, I'm going to quit yapping and just turn it over to my interview with Thomas Ian Nicholas. I'm here at Wizard World Columbus talking to Thomas Ian Nicholas. Thanks so much for being with me, Thomas. Yeah, man, glad. It's Jeremy, right? It is Jeremy. good. I remembered. I'm flattered. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this is my first time seeing you at a convention. Do you do these often?
5: Uh, I've been doing the the Wizard World tour uh, this year. Started in Philly, and we did Sacramento, uh, and now I'm here. And I've done other Comic-Cons as well. Uh, Motor City, Alamo City, Rhode Island, uh, Chiller... Some other ones. <laughs> what is it about Wizard that stands out from these other cons you've done? Um, well, one thing we're, we're, we're sort of partnered with them on *Handbook for Mortals*, which is my new film project, and we've been doing exclusive pre-orders of the book oh, we're releasing nice. the uh, sort of the, the idea and the story as a book first before we shoot the film later oh, this I year. See. I and see. so that's that's been kind of the exciting part. So with this with Wizard World, we come into town a little bit early and we go and do like TV press to pr- to promote. Wizard World and Handbook for Mortals. So gotcha. that's kind of the different gambit. It's not just me showing up at a con and getting to meet awesome people like yourselves.
1: Oh, wow. So. you me.
5: Yourself. Wow. Yourselves? Guy you. i just made you plural. <laughs> there are three of you doing stuff here, just so, just so you know.
1: The camera's not holding itself. <laughs> I grew up watching you, uh, Rookie of the Year, and seeing your jersey up here, that's some awesome fan service, so thank you for that, man. Yeah, yeah, that's my uh,
5: my annual jersey from the Cubs, so I go and throw the first pitch out for them every year. Do you really? Um, yeah, so I've been doing it since 08, and for the first, like, I guess it was four years or so, wow. they printed Nicholas on the back, but at the 20-year anniversary, I uh, I was like, hey, why don't you guys print Roland Gardner? And then I auctioned it off to charity, and I raised a lot of money for charity, so then every year I go, I had him just Print Rowan Gardner. No. So, this jersey I got last year. So, when I go back out on August 16th to throw out the first pitch again, I'm going to sign this and donate it to Anthony Rizzo's Foundation oh, and wow. raise money for the Lori Children's Hospital of Chicago. Very noble of you. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Was, well, I've, I've actually, I used to come to Ohio to Akron every year for about five years in a really? row. Okay. And we, we were doing the Lopen Open. Uh, and I think over the last five years, I think we raised over a million dollars for the Akron Children's Hospital. So That's I've admirable. Been, well, you know, I like to do, uh, you know, give back a little bit, and especially anything that deals with kids. Right, like, sure. Yeah. Sure.
1: Now, you're obviously probably best known for your role as Kevin in American Pie. I heard you in another interview say that when you first looked at the sk- uh, script to American Pie that you had some concerns or you also actually contemplated not doing it. Uh, when I read the
5: first scene... Um, yeah, I was kind of like, the first scene was like similar to the opening scene that we know from sure. American Pie 1, sure. <laughs> except it was Kevin and Vicky, and it was Vicky giving instructions to Kevin oh, about how to maneuver his fingers. Sure. Uh, so you get the idea, uh, you know, in case there's any uh, kids watching this. Uh, so, so yeah, I read that, like, scene, and I was like, I knew that was the character they wanted me to audition for. And I was like, what is this? And I threw it in the trash, and I called my agent. I'm like, why are you sending me porn auditions? <laughs> um, and then, you know, they really wanted to see me. Um, they, I don't know if I've mentioned this in other interviews. They actually offered my role to uh, my buddy who I went to high school with, Andrew Keegan. Really? Uh, but he was doing 10 Things I Hate About You, so he couldn't do it. Right. So they really wanted to see me, and I was like, okay, I, I'll read the script. Like, you know. Right. Obviously, this is, like, something that maybe I'm not seeing. So I, as soon as I got past the opening scene and got into the character development, I realized, like, oh, this is actually a great story here with great characters. Sure. And and then I
1: went in and luckily got it. So. And it was a great movie. It wouldn't have been the same without you. So. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Another role you've done, we, we recently on our show did an episode where we talked about what the world would be like without Walt Disney. And you uh, portrayed Walt Disney and Walt before Mickey. Yes, I did. Which was a great help. Yeah, right there we are. Which was a great help in doing the research for that episode. What was it like, one, to portray Walt Disney, and how did you prepare yourself for that role? Uh, well, first of all, to, to play Walt Disney, I mean, I think, I don't
5: think there's a person in this room that's not a fan of Walt Disney, myself right. included. Yeah. Uh, so it was an honor. Right. Um, and then, as far as preparing for the role, I got the phone call. Asking whether or not I would I would do the do the job, and I said yeah that would be amazing. And they said great you start next week. So within like five days I was on a plane to Florida. Wow. We shot in Deland, which is like a, a historic town that was built a little bit later than the movie takes place, 1926, sure. but around that time. So yeah, I read the book like that very next day. Wow. Uh, which was uh, Walt Before Mickey by Timothy Sassane. So that's what the film is based on. I
1: didn't know that.
5: Uh, and Diane Disney Miller wrote the forward. So it's the first book about Disney that has a stamp of approval from the Disney family. Oh, wow. Um, so as being accurate and depicting the truth. Sure. Um, and so so that book became like my, I don't know, Disney Bible more or less. <laughs> so, you know, they we had to make some alterations to, to it for dramatic purposes because obviously, you know, showing him starting and stopping five, you know, animation studios in Kansas right. City— get a little redundant All right. you know life can be redundant but in a film you want to just kind of show the, the rise the failure and the struggle and so we kind of compacted a few of those ideas but I I constantly was, like, opening up the book. Like, you know, actually, uh, when he rented this place for Disney Brothers, it was only $5 a month, you know. <laughs> it says right here. You guys got it wrong in the script. So. It authentic. Yeah,
1: that's, for sure. That's awesome. It was a great movie. So uh, Yeah, well, even
5: man. the uh, the voiceover, in fact. Um, when we decided, they decided they wanted to add voiceover to it, and they, they sent me some lunch. And I said, you know, I got an idea for this. And I researched every Disney quote and every quote by his family in the book. Every line of voiceover is a quote from him or his family.
1: No kidding. Yeah, that's some in-depth research right there.
5: Granted, I use the uh, the PDF version so I could search faster. <laughs>
1: uh. Whatever works, right? <laughs> you can't argue with results other thing I wanted to talk to you about is the uh, Thomas Nicholas Band. Uh, I just recently found out about this and I'm already in love with these songs uh, Without Warning and Sur- uh, excuse me, Security. If you get confused
5: you can always just read the title because you've, you've essentially picked my favorite songs Have I? My
1: favorite songs always become the title of whatever the album is Those are great songs and uh, especially Without Warning has a 90s meets kind of a new age sound I absolutely love it. I'm a product of the 90s so yeah, yeah, same here, it appeals to so. I wrote that uh, that one with Dan
5: Lavery, the uh, bass player from Tonic. Oh, really? And then Security I wrote with um, with Caleb Turman, who was the guitar player in a band called Forever the Sickest Kids. It's kind of like that Warped Tour vibe. How did this band come together? Man? Um, I started playing music when I was like 14. Okay. And and started, you know, recording. I recorded my first album when I was 17. You'll never hear that one. Uh, and then uh, and by the time it was like 2008, I finally kind of like was happy with the sound with Without Warning and all the songs on that album. And then I started touring and haven't stopped. You need to come to Columbus sometime. But actually, you're going to be doing an acoustic set here tonight, correct? Yeah, yeah here tonight, uh, 8 o'clock tomorrow at... Uh, 45, and then there's a, a VIP concert event at the Crown Plaza tomorrow night. So I'll do, wow. be doing an acoustic set there as well. Lots of places. Lots of places, lots of places in Ohio. Right. right. Uh, Canton, Akron, Greenville. Wow. Okay.
1: With uh, my buddy JT from Hawthorne Heights. We did like a coffee shop there one time. That would be cool. I'm excited to see you tonight, man. But right I want to thank you so much for taking a few minutes to talk with me. Yeah, it's Jeremy, been a pleasure. Thank you, thank thank you. so much. All right, everyone. And once again, that was Thomas Ian Nicholas. Be sure to check him out at TINBand.com and on Twitter at TINBand. I strongly recommend checking out his band and his albums because they're really good and I've uh, really taken to them over the last few days. And as you just heard in the interview, shortly after we spoke with Thomas, he had a set that he played on the main stage consisting of about four or five of his songs so uh, we filmed that and that is going to be on our YouTube page shortly if not already so be sure to check that out and I'm also going to be ending this episode with the song uh, we had mentioned in the interview without warning another thing Thomas had mentioned in the interview was uh, the handbook for mortals uh, book that they were taking pre-orders for at this convention and that later this year was going to be made into a movie that I believe he's going to produce and uh, be in So uh, if you didn't get to make it to this convention or you're not going to be able to make it to any uh, future conventions you're going to be at and you'd like to pre-order the book, uh, go to handbookseries.com and you can order it. Uh, The book was done by Lonnie Sarum, who happened to be at the convention with Thomas. So once again, check out Handbook for Mortals at uh, handbookseries.com and on Twitter at handbookseries. We're probably going to be blasting this on Twitter, so there's going to be plenty of places for you to check it out. And I think that's going to do it for the audio portion of our Wizard World Columbus 2017 coverage. Again, head over to our YouTube page. Jack has been editing and putting up uh, videos of our coverage, some of which you heard here. And some of which you didn't. For instance, the uh, Thomas Ian Nicholas uh, set that he played on the first night of the con. About four or five songs again, but it was a lot of fun. Strongly advise you check it out. Don't forget to go to www.candarepodcast.com. A lot of cool things you can do on there. Check out past episodes. Look at our Hall of Heroes. You can see our special guest wall. All kinds of stuff to do. There's a link on there to our merch page, too, at society6.com forward slash candarepod. You can grab yourself a t-shirt, a mug, all kinds of cool Candare merchandise. If you missed the Columbus Convention or you aren't close enough to make it to it, don't worry. The Wizard World Con is still traveling around the country. Its next stop is Chicago, August 24th through the 27th. And then after that, Nashville, September 8th, 9th, and 10th. And after that, Madison, September 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. If anyone plans on attending these conventions, when you go to wizardworld.com to purchase your tickets, be sure to type in can there in the promo box that's lowercase with no space and you'll get a cool 10% off your ticket price. so again can there, lowercase no space in the promo box you'll get that 10% off and again I'm ending this episode with the Thomas Ian Nicholas song without warning and stay tuned after the song for the audio coverage we got of the David Tenet panel again it's not the best audio quality uh, it was an enormous room there were a ton of people and we couldn't get great seats close to the speakers so we did the best we could. Uh, if you want to try and listen through it, find some listenable pieces in there, then go right ahead. If not, then you can just turn it off now. I'd like to thank our guests in Artist Alley and our celebrity guests that took time to speak with us. And, uh, of course, to Wizard World for allowing us to come cover this event. We always have a blast, and uh, this time was probably the best yet. So uh, thanks to everybody. And until next time, I am Jeremy Collie and I thank you for listening.
6: Out. just beware that what you want is rare.
7: Which indeed she is, which she, is known for some of the like the like the thoughts of the Royal Church of so, the So sort of emotional and true and sort of raw, and that's what she does so really. Big. But in life, Julie has a, a real directness, and she's very, very funny. And I don't think we often get to see that in, our, in the parts she gets asked to play. So I mean it depends. I do what you choose to bring to it, but I suspect there's a sort of Uh, She's got a real spunkiness to her uh, in in life, and and I I suspect she'll enjoy sort of uh, using some of that. But real time, who knows? It's exciting, isn't
6: it? It's very exciting. (laughs)
7: I <laughs> can't his She's the only person who can not agree with everything that he said. I can't imagine where we're well, gone, but I'm very open to the writers trying to see what they come up with, you know. they've got greater imaginations than I clearly. I think that the Kilgrave was one of the
6: best villains that we've seen.
7: TV shows, obviously, uh, who knew, but um, there's not anything that's quite like Doctor Who. And it used to just be in the UK that it had this kind of a, a cross-cultural, cross-generational sort of impact. And, you know, because most shows, they, they have their demographic, they have their fans. Doctor Who, sort of, even if you don't like it, you sort of know about it, you're kind of aware of it. And that seems to now be the case in the US, I find, walking down the street. Um, which didn't used to be the case. but. It's, it's, it gets a level of attention scrutiny which is lovely and also extraordinary it starts happening to you it, it, It's you're in the middle of this thing because it's, it's so important to people even people who don't watch the show sort of feel like it's really important it's a thing that, that people have a have, have great passion and enthusiasm and sort of ownership of so it's hugely sort of humbling and exciting to be in the midst of that and then, and then it all starts and then you've got your own to and he's on a screwdriver and stuff. And uh, it just, it's just, it's unlike anything else. And of course, it, once you've been in that show, it goes on. I mean, exactly. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's ten years since I did it, and I'm still here with all you lovely people, and it's such a nice thing. <RTX> so, 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 so there are some things, to pick one, but it, it, just the whole experience, the whole—it just feels like a real honor to be part of it. I just feel very lucky to have landed in that spot in time, and continue in time to end up. And time for the joke here." And you were a fan of it growing up, right? That's I a was. Cool. I think mean, that had to be extra
6: special, actually, Coming. But so it's ludicrously impossible, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah, no, I did. I
7: grew up with posters on my wall, yeah, of Doctor Who and uh, to him in books and, and, and all that stuff. And, and uh, I queued up to get to a I did all that. And, and then, so yeah, I mean, the, 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 the chances that it happened. And I Doctor Who cancelled. So was, then I became an actor, partly inspired by Doctor Who, but it wasn't on the TV, it wasn't a thing, it wasn't uh, alive. So they, the statistical probability of me ending up in that she was so vanishingly small um, that, that you do have to kind of pinch yourself. You know? where did that happen? But uh, I'm very delighted, I did. That <laughs>
6: So that two children's
7: started a debate which is still going on now maybe, about how troops mental illness and how we address that and that's hugely important. He was a very controversial figure. He was a complicated figure. He was from Glasgow and he was quite tall and lanky so immediately I thought oh I can play him <laughs> and then uh, and he's fascinating because he had this extraordinary idea or rather ahead of their talent And uh, and he himself was a very difficult man. So that's from an and that's great some of his brilliant uh, and also uh, troubled and it's it appreciated appreciate the therapist to themselves even you know, he was a man of many demons that he wrestled with throughout his life. So yeah, I, I, I knew him and then when I knew how this film was being made and I read the script I thought know, it was one I was short at so it was as simple as that really fascinating character. And, and it will be, it is going to be released in the US in just a minute. You'll be quite aware how it hasn't happened yet, in what sort of version. You are going to get to see it over here, so it's coming. Thank you. Thank
6: you. Uh, well first, thank you for the That's
7: Yes, and I'm great to hear accent, I can usually get there, South Africa is what I just can't do, my ear just can't hear it, it turns into Welsh or Indian or black country quite quickly, black country is an area of England, it's sort of that sort of area, um, which uh, it is normal, uh, so, so that is, oh, as long as you can not have to lose out Africa, I can just see how get there eventually. I'm okay.
6: I don't know if she to
7: About 35 seconds he glued this piece of stuff back together. And if you if you if you pause the DVD on that moment, you will see a hairline crack right through the middle of that big uh, uh, column of graves I don't remember what it was doing. Same the universe in some way. Uh, but you can see Phil arts name, but um mean he was he did a remarkable work to get that back together and not get us off shunted, because so that was quite. But I think I broke things a lot. It's just, but it's like, kind of not show you. Know, you just need so energy, you need energy. So, uh, inevitably, you sort of draw things and you know, stuff. So that was uh, one of the main parts of the Titans, probably. Uh, I can't think of any, any more specific. If anyone goes back to Africa, I'll come back to Africa.
8: Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Uh, no. oh.
7: Yeah. in they were I'm willing to admit they were at a disadvantage I remember Joe and I had a bit of a. a, we got a proper one one night because obviously we do not really get along and it used to frustrate me because they'd be like can you just slow down a bit because the cameras can't can't keep up which used to annoy me but then when we did uh, Utopia took people in this big old Uh, quarry a quarry and uh, they had a camera on the back of one of those Things. quadruped, 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 quadru, what are they called? The four what? wheelers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come I on, you're going to be after the wheels, it's a four wheeler. Thanks. <laughs> um, uh, and then, yeah, so we've got to breathe properly one month. That's Johnny one month. <laughs> <laughs> I'm confident. Diaper coat. <laughs> because it would sort of wrap its a rapid way around you, and not only would it impede your running, it you would not look cool. So, then if, you could, if you could manage to stay out of diaper coat and go fast, that was, that was the thing you weren't aiming for at all times. But uh, I don't think anyone ever beat me. I have quite long legs, you know. Uh, but, yeah, it was a lot of fun.
6: Great. Great um, I want to just say thank you for acknowledging the prop people because I am a prop person myself so that's very important to know.
7: Um... <laughs> 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 I don't know. I, it really was the best time. I wouldn't want to rewrite it. I wouldn't want to alter it. Uh, I mean, I look I, back. if I ever catch a bit of a now, I, I, I do think, oh, you could have done that scene better. Or, oh, um, would you put that piece for, or whatever it might be. But I wouldn't change it. I you know, I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to alter anything, I wouldn't want to... It, it was a wonderful time, and it was a time that I'm hugely happy to remember, using am so...
8: So now I'm going to Thank you.
6: Hello.
7: Super dancing. I guess, yeah. I find it really hard to talk about acting. I get to embarrassed. I don't even know what to say. If you're all wondering what I'm I don't know. I don't know. It's just pretending, isn't it? But it's sort of pretending as hard as you can. Um, Until it sort of makes sense, I suppose.
6: Pretending as hard as you can,
7: that's kind of the dictionary definition of activism. It should be. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Hi. Hello. Uh, first, I'd like to just thank my friend, Mary, over there,
3: because I had this idea I thought would have been brilliant for you. okay. Uh, you had talked about uh, not a graphic. in a Doctor Who theater, amazing plethora of things and you have like just amazing charisma about you. You use your face, little expressions and you use your body. And you're about to be doing screw picked uh, duct and duct
6: My name is Sarah. Hi Sarah. I don't have,
8: no okay. okay. have a question. Okay. I have for
7: you. Oh thank you. Thank
8: you. Yes, thank you.
1: Joey, why don't you come over here and spray paint your name on the wall? But I don't wanna.
3: What are you, chicken? Hold on there, boys. Whoa, it's Flint. Instead of writing your name, write candairpodcast.com and help spread the word. Well, that's a great idea. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle.
8: G.I. Joe.